Welcome to Mammal Talk, the companion podcast for the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. In this episode, we're talking about the complete history of Blood Bowl. Welcome to episode 29. We're talking about the complete history of Blood Bowl in this episode. We're going to go over every major version of the tabletop game as well as uh, every major version of a video game adaptation of the game of Blood Bowl. We're going to talk about some Blood Bowl adjacent games as well, as well as some offshoots, official offshoots that is. One thing I wanted to mention in the beginning here is we mentioned a mobile game, an Android and iOS game called Crunch, and we didn't go too in-depth about it as I was unfamiliar with this game. Turns out it does not run in 64-bit Android. But uh, this was a Cyanide Studio release. It, it's basically like a beginner's version of Blood Bowl, just like the original Crunch tabletop game was. But this has been reinterpreted as kind of like a tower defense-like game. You're, it's a 5x5 five five grid, it looks like, and your players just automatically move forward and you're trying to protect the ball carrier as, as players march down the pitch automatically and, and fight each other when they come into contact. So I just wanted to mention that up front since we didn't get too in-depth about it in the episode, but it was a apparently short-lived tower defense Blood Bowl-like game. So uh, with that, why don't we get right into the episode and talk about the history of Blood Bowl. I am joined once again by Artificial Bunny. How's it going, brother? I am connected and operating. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, in in preparation of this episode, I have been playing a lot of combat sports games. I've been playing a lot of Blood Bowl, uh, lots of variations of Blood Bowl, uh, lots of Blood Bowl adjacent stuff, and that's because in this episode we are talking about the complete history of Blood Bowl. We're going to go over every major iteration of the game in tabletop form and in video game form. We're going to talk about games related to Blood Bowl as well, and I am super duper stoked for this. I got my start in Blood Bowl in the third edition. Where did you get your start? Um, I got my start, well, <laughs> I, I initially heard about it when I was playing Mage Knight, because I was uh, Mage playing Knight. an orc and I painted up a, a team of orcs to look like football players. And someone said, oh, hey, that looks like Blood Bowl. And uh, I think it was right around the time that, or just after uh, third edition was popular. And kind of got a hint of like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. That kind of thing. And then eventually I picked up the Xbox 360 version of Blood Bowl and had a terrible of Blood Bowl time. Two, uh, Blood Bowl One. Wow! Uh, wow! Had a terrible <laughs> time. Yeah, uh, I was so bad at it. I had no idea what was going on most of the time, and yeah. <laughs> I got to we'll tell talk you about what, that later. Yeah, it, in in preparation for the episode, I came across a review of Blood Bowl Two, and it's a new Blood Bowl player, and he says, "Listen, developers." 
the game's great and all, but I don't play online. I only play single player. And let me tell you, the AI is unbeatable. (laughs) You guys need to be nicer to new players. This AI is impossible. Wow. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into the uh, beginnings of Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl came out in 1986 with its first edition. It's a Games Workshop game. If uh, people are unfamiliar with Games Workshop, they're the guys that make uh, Warhammer. They made Warhammer Fantasy. They make uh, Warhammer 40,000, Age of Sigmar, things like that. They have a a division called Specialty Games, where they're effectively they're board games. They're not all board games, but they're their board games fit into that category. And one of these games was Blood Bowl. It was created by a man named Jervis Johnson. And this first edition, again, I got started in third edition. So this first edition is not the Blood Bowl we know. This has a rule set that closely resembles Warhammer Fantasy. So, like, you actually have, like, like, if you were to play it, if you're familiar with Warhammer and the Warhammer phases and how the game works... It's kind of that. You move all your guys. There's You can actually attack. Like, you can tackle, but you can actually attack. And players have wounds. And you make saving throws and stuff. It's it's very, very disconnected from the game we have uh, today. It had yeah, I've, cardboard. I've seen pictures of the standees for that. And they look really, like, super 80s and beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it has these cardboard standees. Um, these are similar standees you used to find in, like, Battletech. Like, they're just cardboard that you stick in a plastic stand. And they do look great. And they have the names of the of the players on them as well. And you had a ton of them. And uh, I honestly, I'd be fine with that even today. Uh, as we all know, Games Workshop, uh, their business model these days revolves around the hobby, not just the game, but the hobby aspect of the game. So you buy models you put them together you paint them uh you base them you do all sorts of uh, hobbyist things to them um but not in this first version of blood bowl you had you had cardboard sands baby that's <laughs> i'm fine with that um and there were no block dice in the first version uh first version of the rules uh the game used 2d6 basically for everything so very very different sort of game uh the first to three touchdowns would win And you only had 15 players per team. You didn't have 16 that we have today. There were four phases, although the rulebook mentions five. I I presume they're counting throwing and kicking as two separate phases. But the four phases are movement, throwing and kicking, tackling, and reserves. And you do them in order. So the first thing you do is you move all your guys, and then you can throw and kick. Kicking is very different in this as well. Kicking is really only done for punting in this game. Then you do all your attack. The tackling phase has all of your attacks and or tackles. And then you have the reserves phase, very similar to Warhammer, where you can bring new guys on the pitch. I'm sorry, uh, you can move uh, all the uh, guys that haven't moved before. All your reserves can move up. Uh, The stats are very Warhammer. The stats on players are... Oh, I was going to say maybe the fifth phase is the friends we made along the way. Maybe so. <laughs> that's always that's always the final phase. Uh, the stats for players in this game very Warhammerish as well. You have combat skill. I found this interesting throwing skill. I thought a, th- a throwing stat was new to Blood Bowl twenty twenty. 
it turns out I'm wrong. The throwing skill existed Surprise. in the very first version. Yeah. Uh, you have strength, you have toughness, wounds, attacks, and cool. Cool is basically your cool under pressure. And as far as I could tell, uh, it's really just used for pass, uh, for, for ball handling, for catching and picking up the ball. But you look at those stats and you say, oh, this is Warhammer. All these stats can range from 1 to 10. Uh, teams start with star player points. Uh, this is the, the introduction of star player points, but they're not what we think of today. Star player points allow you to buy special abilities that you can then add to players. So most teams would start with four, but it differs from team to team. And you would roll on a table to see what you got. Maybe it's an extra point of, of, of uh, throwing skill or, or toughness or something. Um, but if you roll a 12 on that table, remember, you're using 2d6 for mostly everything in this game. Then you roll on a magic table and you get a magic relic, a magic item that you can attach to that, that player to give them some sort of magic ability. Oh, that sounds uh, fun. Yeah, it, it does sound fun. Uh, I, I really kind of want to pick up a version of this game. I, I mean, I, I'm just a big Blood Bowl fan. I would love to have it just to have it in my collection. But after reading the rules, I, I think I might just want to try it out. I might want to try to play this game. Um, it, it really feels like more of a skirmish war game than a sports game. <laughs> um, Sounds right up but, my alley. <laughs> After, uh, after you get all your star player points in order and stuff, you then declare defensive players in this version of the game. So you can declare however many defensive players you want. And when you do this, basically you're losing one point of movement allowance to gain plus one on your tackle rolls and plus one on your saving throws. I thought that was interesting. And then after you do that, you declare your kicking players. So this is another way to modify your players. You can only declare, you can declare up to three and you can only declare them from players who have at least a strength of three and at least a coolness of seven. And these are the players who can kick on your team. And for that privilege, they're going to lose a point of toughness. So you have your base players. You can modify them with star player points. And then you can modify them by having literal offensive and defensive players and, and kind of special teams as well. You can have your kicking players. Very, very intriguing, I thought. Um Teams don't set up at center pitch in this version of the game. They set up away from the pitch. So if you're familiar with uh, Blood Bowl 7s, it's kind of similar to that. Um, they, they don't meet at the middle. And the ball doesn't get kicked off when the game starts. The ball actually starts at the center of the pitch. And both teams will rush towards the ball. They'll run toward the ball to try to be the first to pick it up. Um, there are tackle zones in this game, but they don't call them tackle zones. You want to know what they call them? What do they call them? They call them death zones. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Tackle zones in this game are called death zones. <laughs> I think they need to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> now, you can't move through tackle zones in this version of the rules. You can move into them, but you can't move through them. So as we all know in current Blood Bowl, if you move out of a tackle zone, that's a dodge. That's, that doesn't happen in this game. It doesn't exist in this game. Um, so again, it's, it's a lot, it's kind of like a war game where players are just holding down control of, of the, of the field or the arena. And, uh, they, they have zones of control where they exert, um, the throwing during the throwing and kicking phase, that's phase two. Uh, you do have handoffs, you do have passes. You can hand off first and then you may pass or kick. 
Now, kicks in these games are basically just punts, um, and they work differently than than current Blood Bowl. To pass, your passing is actually determined by your strength stat in this game. You can throw a ball as far as your strength plus 10 spaces, which seems like forever, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you would think your throwing skill would be used here, but it's not. Your throwing skill is instead cross-referenced with the range you're trying to throw to figure out what the modifier on the throwing chart is going to be. Kicking works exactly the same way, except kicks can be kicked up to your strength plus 15 spaces and can only be kicked by a kicker. Now, here's something that's very interesting in this game. You have substitutions in this game. Each team has a sub line, a substitution line. At the beginning of every turn, you can bring a player onto the pitch. So if you had a, if, if one of your players was removed and you have players in the reserve, you can bring them on at the start of a turn, but they come back Ooh. on the sub line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, uh, we'll talk about it later. That's similar sort of to how a uh, modern day dungeon bowl would, would work out. Yeah. Um, and I could kind of see how having the strength score, attached to your uh, throwing distance makes a certain amount of sense. Sure, if you have like a strong arm or something, you can throw it further. Uh, there's no wild out-of-bounds scatter. Like, the ball doesn't get thrown back in if it goes out-of-bounds. Uh, it just goes right back onto the pitch where it left. So that's that's not as exciting. <laughs> um, and no pinball. As I, <laughs> As I mentioned, you have attacks in this. You just have straight up attacks in this game. You do have tackles. Tackles are easier to perform, but attacks do more damage. Um, and it plays out very similar to a Warhammer fantasy battle. Um, you, you take, you, you do your attacks. You compare toughness. Uh, your opponent gets saving rolls, and then uh, anything it gets through, you get your your wound rolls. And once you've removed all the wounds, if you're unfamiliar, wounds in uh, Warhammer are similar to life or hit points. Once all wounds are removed on a piece, then you roll a 2d6 on uh, the wound table. And this is sort of an amalgamation of today's injury and casualty table. Um, but what I found interesting on the wound tables, one of the most of the wounds are kind of similar to what we have today, but a two is called berserk. So when you roll a two, uh, the player who is wounded, he's just enraged and all he wants is vengeance. So <laughs> he doesn't care about the ball anymore. All he wants to do is murder the opponent. So if he has the ball, he drops it. He has to mark the closest opponent if able. So he's always moving toward the closest opponent. He's going to get a plus one to hit, a plus one to wound. But because he's just wildly flailing, hits against him are also going to be a plus one. So I thought that was neat. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, dodging in this game is not anything like it is today. You can dodge tackles. So if an opponent tries to tackle you... You may attempt to dodge it, basically to negate uh, the tackle, uh, which I thought was neat as well. Very, very different sort of game. Again, it, it seems very much like Warhammer Fantasy. Um, this version of the game started with eight teams. You had humans, dwarves, elves, halflings, half-orcs, hobgoblins, orcs, and dark elves. But there were also four what they called special teams in the rulebook. There were the Chaos All-Stars. So remember, in this version of the rules, you had 15 players on your roster. The Chaos All-Stars could actually have 16 players. They were all, 12 of them were lesser goblins, and you could have up to two um, 
well, not 12 of them, I guess 14 of them are lesser goblins, but you could have up to two ogres or troglodytes or trolls. So you had two big guys and you had basically the equivalent of today's noblars or snotlings. Uh, you had the champions of death. This is the progenitor of today's undead team. These were, uh, this was a team comprised of skeletons, zombies, ghouls, and mummies. And they had a, a special necromancer on their roster called Tomalandry uh, the Undying. And basically this gave the champions of death unlimited reserves. So whenever a player would get removed, they would just instantly have a new player in the reserves ready to come back on the pitch. Seems a little strong. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's interesting that the Champions of Death is what they call the uh, Shambling Undead uh, box for tabletop. Oh, that's great. I had no idea. That's awesome. I love for, callbacks like at, that. At least for the 2016 version. I haven't seen the updated box. That's marvelous. That's that's great. Uh, two, tur- uh, two turns left. Two teams left. Uh, two special teams, that is. They have the Heroes of Law. Um, and this is kind of like the modern-day mixed team. They have humans, elves, dwarves, and halflings. And then you had their counterparts, the Evil Gits. They <laughs> were comprised of hobgoblins, orcs, half-orcs, and dark elves. So very, very different than what we play today, yeah? Yeah. It it really does sound interesting. Yeah, I'd love but to get no that. Skaven? Ugh. No Skaven. Yeah, no Skaven. <laughs> Uh, two years later, we would get in 1988. We would get Blood Bowl Second Edition. Um, again, this seems like a very simple game. So when I say simple game, uh, it's very similar to First Edition. I think it's much more complicated rules wise, but much more simplistic strategically. Um, now I am not. I, I I love complicated strategic games, and I love I, I I don't mind games that have complicated rules either. Um, but when the strategic layer is a little thin, uh, and that balance starts to shift, I get annoyed or, uh, tangentially here, but, uh, if, if the complicated rules aren't intuitive, then it's hard to keep all the rules in my head and get to the fun part, which is all the strategic decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, being a Warhammer head, being a games workshop guy, uh, I think the rules, are easy enough to understand, but compared to today's game, I, I really think Blood Bowl today is in a much better place than it was at this time, because now we have simplified rules compared to this early, basically war game, but the the decision making is so much richer, and, and we'll talk about why that is in a second. And if uh, if you're uh, uh, a Blood Bowl player already, you'll you, probably have ideas about that but largely the same as first edition but we're going to see some significant changes here uh one thing i noticed uh, doing my research is that it came with this really cool styrofoam board that was shaped like cobblestone uh and it looks so neat um yeah i i have uh seen pictures though where people used uh i think spray paint or something on it and it kind of melted yeah uh, also, I was... that also kind of made it look cool so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was actually wondering about that when i when i saw pictures of it i was like oh i bet you if you painted it it probably will degrade which is unfortunate <laughs> because it was completely unpainted it's just styrofoam looking but the shape 
uh, looked really neat. Like I thought it was yeah. really cool. Is this where the uh, metal miniatures were introduced? Uh, yeah. So there were miniatures sort of that you could play first edition, but there was a dedicated line here in second edition. Um, and as we all know, uh, going forward, there would be miniatures for Blood Bowl as for most of Games Workshop's games. Um, rules changes. Uh, now you could move and block uh, in this game. So uh, this this is uh, uh, kind of like the Blitz, right? In fact, we're going to talk about one of the uh, rules changes in this game called a Heroic Tackle, which uh, was the progenitor to the Blitz. Um, they did change uh, death zones to tackle zones in this version of the rules. They decided, you know what, uh, we, we're not going to call them death zones. <laughs> I'm not sure if I agree with that decision. <laughs> <laughs> it's been all downhill since we've had death zones. Um, uh, in this version of the rules, you could now move away from tackle zones. And this version of the rule introduces the GFI. They don't call them GFIs. Do you, you want to take a guess at what they call them? Well, I see on your notes that they're called Moving Extra Square. <laughs> they're just the most boring name ever. It <laughs> they're really just is. called Moving Extra Squares. I thought Rush was bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> so in this game, uh, the, the GFI was introduced. Uh, it was called Moving Extra Squares. You could move up to two extra squares in addition to your movement allowance. You had to roll a D6 for each one you moved. This time it fails on a six instead of failing on a one. Uh, blocks were still a 2d6, and blocks would include injuries. So again, there's there's still no black dice in this version of the game. And when you rolled the 2d6, you consulted this chart that was kind of like uh, a block and an injury chart all rolled together into one. Um, in this version of the rules, you could block down players. Um, and then those heroic tackles. So let's... Well, We'll get back to that in just a second. Let's talk about the stats changes. So stats changes are pretty significant in this game. You still have your movement allowance. You have something called a sprint allowance. So in this version of the rules, you can move up to your MA, and then if you want to sprint, you can then move up to your sprint allowance, and then you could even do your, your GFIs or your moving extra squares on top of that. Now, the difference was, remember, in this version of the rules, you could move in and out of tackle zones, but if you sprint, you can't move into tackle zones. So that was the downside of sprinting. That's where the heroic tackles come in. So this was a once per turn ability that you got. And heroic tackles let you sprint into a tackle zone. So this, this is really starting to shape up to be the blitz that we know today, right? This is where you could move and you're, you're deliberately taking this movement to go get a block somewhere, somewhere else on the pitch. Uh, other stats were strength, agility, Throwing skill, cool is still there, and you have the armor value. Um, stunned players in this game actually got removed from the pitch. So in today's game, there are three boxes on the sideline, right? We have the, the casualty box, the KO box, and the reserve box. There was a fourth box in this version, and that was the stunned box. So players would go into the stun box. Now, players who were stunned could come back onto the pitch at the beginning of the next drive, and if you play current Blood Bowl, you might be thinking to yourself, well, how is that different from reserves? Well, remember, this game still has the substitution rule. So at the beginning of a turn, anybody you have, uh, any player you have on your reserve, any one player that you have in reserves can come back or can come on to the pitch 
at the beginning of each turn. If you're stunned, you're not in the reserve box, and therefore you cannot be chosen to come back onto the pitch until the next drive. Oh, wow. Uh, that, one... <laughs> that's a really odd change. Yeah, or... yeah. It, it would, in fact, would be the last we see of this, because as we'll see, third edition uh, really changed up uh, Blood Bowl significantly. Uh, one thing I noticed in the rulebook uh, that I thought was neat that we haven't seen since is they had pure skeleton teams in this version of the rules. Um, and the skeleton teams had kind of a version of regen. So they, they had a team skill where uh, injured, where players who were removed could come, could recover one step each turn rather than after every touchdown. So for example, if a player was stunned, they wouldn't have to wait until the end of the drive to come back into the reserve box at the beginning of every turn a player would go from stunned to the reserve box. Also oh, wow. seems really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you had someone who like was totally dead, they could eventually come back. Oh, I don't think if they were dead, they could come back. Um, but okay. I think if they were K, I think if they were KO'd, they went from KO'd to stun. Stun went from stun to reserve. Um, okay. Still really strong though, because yeah, those removals are just coming right back onto the pitch. That uh, it's very fun. interesting. Yeah, it's interesting too because the the substitution line I believe was four squares for either team on the sideline. So that could set up situations where again, this was before my time, so I don't know how people play these versions of the of Blood Bowl. But they could set up situations where maybe you just have players camping out by substitution lines just to murder <laughs> players who are going to come back onto the pitch. As I recall, uh, Blitz Bowl has something kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about. I, I like Blitzball. I like Blitzball a lot. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, a year later, in I'm sorry, two years later in 1990, GW would release the Blood Bowl Companion, and this introduced a lot of things we're familiar with today. That introduced the concept of team rerolls. It introduced fans, weather effects, and secret weapons. Yeah, um, <laughs> get your chainsaws here. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're, we're starting to see even even though it still plays you know kind of like a war game we're starting to see blood bowl take shape we're starting to see some stats and some mechanics that we're familiar with uh we're starting to see them really try to deviate from just straight up skirmish game to sports game um but we would see a couple of releases before the next iteration of Blood Bowl. And in 1989, we get a little game called Elves, Dwarves, and Dungeon Bowl. So this was meant to be uh, thematically college Blood Bowl. <laughs> so uh, the Colleges of Magic would play Blood Bowl in the dungeons. And uh, we won't talk about this too much because we'll go much more in depth when we talk about uh, Blood Bowl or I'm sorry, Dungeon Bowl that was released later. But suffice it to say that this is basically the Dungeon Bowl we know today, except it had larger, more open rooms. So are you familiar with the game Hero Quest? I'm not. So Hero Quest was an old Games Workshop game. Uh, it was released by, I think, Milton Bradley here in the U.S. It's now owned by Hasbro because Hasbro owns everything Hasbro <laughs> until all are one. Um, but they've recently re-released HeroQuest. Um, uh, 
uh, or Warhammer Quest is a, is GW's latest version of it. It's basically uh, a dungeon crawler. Okay. Um, I so think you can I imagine... might have picked up a, a video game version of uh, Warhammer Quest on PC. Great. Yeah. So that that's basically Hero Quest. So you have these big, okay. like let's say like four by eight rooms, and you make a dungeon out of those. And so it's it's dungeon bowl, but but it's sort of wider and less claustrophobic than today's dungeon bowl. Uh, but we'll talk about the details of dungeon bowl uh, a little bit later. Uh, then in 1991, we get a game called Crunch, and this <laughs> is a uh, more simplistic, more beginner-friendly version of Blood Bowl. So. There are no templates. Uh, the old games had the passing templates that we're all familiar with, uh, among some others. Um, and passing and blocks were made by rolling against a nine-square result table. This result table was printed on the inside of the box top. You would chuck the dice, and the highest rolled die that hit a space on the box top that said hit would determine the result of passing and blocks. Uh, <laughs> movement was roll and move as well. So very simple version of blood bowl um yeah. meant to is this ease people related is this related to the uh the video game version that they released a few years ago they released like a version iOS? of crunch i i could swear that they released something called just crunch oh i a, had no idea if they did ios game or something great. yeah uh, i i'm completely unfamiliar with a video game version of crunch um but that would be cool. I'd be, I'd love to check that out if they did. And uh, it'd be a big gap in the episode if I didn't catch it. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. Well, well, you know what? If it existed, uh, y- yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this would be the, uh, the last bit of Blood Bowl we get on the tabletop um, until third edition release. And that released in 1994. Now, this is the first edition of the game as we know it today. This was a, a major overhaul of the game. This is where I got my start in Blood Bowl. Um, they made many changes to the rules. Include Remember, uh, up until this point, you were playing until the, fir- the first of three would win. Uh, they introduced the concept of halves. Uh, they eliminated the three-turn touchdown uh, win condition. And I think, most importantly... Maybe one of, if not the most important change to the rules for Blood Bowl is they introduced the concept of the turnover. The turnover rule was introduced in this game. So in in previous versions of the game, you moved, you attacked, right? You did all that stuff. You did your moves, you did your, your passing and kicking, you did your attacking and tackling, you did your reserve phase like a, like a skirmish game. But this, the turnover rule now... This introduces this concept of action order and it being critical to figure out who should go first. And if I know who you want to go first, how can I mess up your action order? And this is central to the game today and and how people play it. And uh, such a smart addition, I think, to the game of Blood Bowl. Originally, uh, when I first tried the 360 version, the turnover thing was so baffling to me and I think that's why I bounced off of it initially, Mm. but now I think it's wonderful. Like (laughs) it adds so much uh, 
strategy to the whole system. It is a strange the nomenclature the 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 terminology is weird. So I think if you are familiar with Blood Bowl, calling it a turnover makes it incredibly confusing. But I think if you have no idea how American football is played, calling it a turnover makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, for a long time, I didn't like that it was called a turnover because it's not the turnover that I know, right? It's not, you're not getting the ball. I'm not turning the ball over to you. Um, but uh, but the, the, the mechanic itself, I think, is absolutely central to Blood Bowl as we play it today. Um, four years later, we'd see our next sort of uh, Blood Bowl release, but it wouldn't be Blood Bowl. It would be modern day Dungeon Bowl. So the rules for this would be released in White Dwarf number 225. Uh, again, that was in 1998. And in Dungeon Bowl, so it's still the same thematic concept. This is College Blood Bowl. Um, but in Dungeon Bowl, you only play to one touchdown. It's the first to score wins. H- have you played Dungeon Bowl before? I picked up the set, I put it all together, and I hadn't had a chance to play it yet. <laughs> you picked up the new set? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. It's not too different from this version of the rules. Of course, we'll talk about it a bit later. But uh, in Dungeon Bowl, there are six treasure chests. So you, you build a dungeon. The, the dungeon's much more constricted compared to that first version of Dungeon Bowl. Um, it's using the third edition rules, um, but you now you have these long corridors and these corners and rooms have objects in them taking up space and there are traps everywhere. Um, you're playing a one touchdown. There are six treasure chests scattered about the dungeon. One of those treasure chests has the ball in it to start with. The other five? Well, they have bombs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so... You start off, it's 6v6. You start off in either quote-unquote end zone. And every turn, as almost a throwback to the substitution rule of earlier versions of Blood Bowl, every turn you can bring one of your reserves in onto the pitch. Now, when you bring them in, they come in on one of these six teleporters. So your starting six will start grouped up. But as you bring players in, they're just kind of showing up randomly around the dungeon, which really makes it an intriguing game uh, because I've got a team. Some might start behind enemy lines, so to speak. Some might be camping on a teleporter. Um, Actually, talking about that, there's being a GW game, you got to have wacky stuff that happens. If you end up on a teleporter, you teleport away. There's six of them, so you roll a D6. Whatever number you roll, that's where you teleport to. Uh, but if you roll the same number as the teleporter you're on, you just get lost in the ether. <laughs> so you're removed. <laughs> you never come back. Nobody knows where you went. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but once you find the ball, you can pick it up and you start playing. And you're just trying to get it to the opposing end zone. Uh, it uses Blood Bowl 3rd Edition rules, which are basically modern Blood Bowl. Um, rooms have traps. There's this concept of precarious positions. So... Rooms might have pit traps where there's like water or lava or just a pit or something. And when you're adjacent to one, you're in what's known as a precarious position. So before you take an action, you roll a d6. If you roll a one, you fall into the pit or the trap or whatever. So <laughs> that's that's something you have to be careful about. And I, I played a game of this this week um, and I an opposing player teleported in on one side of a trap where he was caught between a wall and the trap. 
So I brought in one of my players on one side and I brought in another player on the other side. I cornered him and I went to take the block, but I failed my precarious position roll and fell into the pit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. um, There's also this concept of the magic sponge. So this game is not played. You don't play a certain number of turns. You just play until someone scores. And uh, that means that KO'd players wouldn't come back. So what's the mechanic, right? How is that different from an injured player? How, how do you make, how do you keep the concept of a KO'd player? That's where the magic sponge comes in. So uh, at the beginning of a turn, instead of teleporting in a player from reserve, you can recover a player who's KO'd and put them back into the reserve box. So that's the magic sponge. Um, and teams in this game are mixed teams. So every team, has, there are six, uh, six colleges, and each team has three races. And when you build your team, you can have, there are three types of races. There's the main race, the other race, and the last race, as they're known in the rulebook. You can have any number of players from the main race. You can have up to six players from the other race, and you can have up to two from the last race. So very interesting game where you get to mix uh, players that wouldn't otherwise play, and you're in these really constricted areas. There are rules for bouncing the ball off of walls. Um, you could try to throw the ball over obstacles in the rooms, but it might the ball might ricochet off the item. Um, there's all sorts of neat situations you get into by virtue of being in restricted close quarters and players starting uh, disparate, right? It's kind of scattered all over the dungeon. It's a really, really interesting game to play. I don't think I like it more than Blood Bowl, um, but it definitely deserves a play, and uh, I really enjoy it uh, as like a, a really fun sort of one-off game. In 2001, we would get uh, an experimental PDF, as Games Workshop would call it, of the rules for Blood Bowl 4th Edition. Now, Blood Bowl 4th Edition is very, very interesting. Um, due to sort of what came out of it. So the the actual box game would come out in 2002. It's very similar to 3rd edition, but what would come out of 4th edition is the formation of what's known as the Blood Bowl Rules Committee. So what GW decided to do is say, okay, listen, um, we're done with Blood Bowl. You guys, the community, it's now on you to keep this game alive. So the Blood Bowl's rule committee would meet every year and publish new versions of the rules. And this would be known as the Living Rulebook or the LRB. So in 2002, they came out with the LRB1. And this is where they added rules for calling players off the pitch on a foul. They added wizards. They added the concept of player aging. And importantly, and this is important due to the drama that would come out of this later, but they added a handicap mechanic uh, which allowed the handicap team a choice of things from a table. Now, this is the this is a recognition of the problem of having players, or I'm sorry, having teams that are really, really high in value. We're talking seven million gold in value. Um, and they're, <laughs> so they're this trying was like to the introduction of inducements, basically. Oh, sort of. Yeah, we'll get there. But yes, this is some. This is the introduction of some mechanic to try to mitigate this problem because it was a big problem. Um, the LRB, the LRB two would come out in two thousand three with minor changes. 
Same with the LRB, LRB3 in 2004, also minor changes. But in 2005, we get the LRB4, and this has a, another big change to it. This introduced the minimum team size. So remember in first edition, you had a maximum team size of 15 with the exception of the Chaos team. I can have 16. I'm sorry, did I say 16? You had a maximum size of 15, except for the Chaos team that had a maximum size of 16. Blood Bowl has always defined a maximum number of players you can have on your team, but not a minimum. The LRB4 introduces the minimum team size. And so from this, you get the knock-on effect of of requiring journeymen and stuff, right? So now you have a minimum team size of 11. Um, and uh, vamps, vampires and ogres were added as official teams to the game. And this is the first version that said, you know what, the handicap system we came up with in the LRB1, uh, it's not working. It's not working, bro. We need to re <laughs> rework this and readdress it because it's just not working out. And that's where we get to the LRB5 in 2006, this introduced the concepts of inducements to replace the handicap system. And that's how we get the inducements we know about today. But boy, this version of the rules, let me tell you, was super contentious at the time. I remember nothing but fighting, <laughs> but fighting <laughs> over this. Um, they introduced, again, remember, they're trying, to, they're trying to fix the issue of what do you do with these teams that are worth 7 million, 8 million gold? Mm-hmm. And so they introduced the concept of a bank. That's where you could take money out of your treasury and put it in the bank and it wouldn't count against your TV, but you couldn't spend it in inducements and stuff. And then they came up with the concept of spiraling expenses where after a certain amount of money, you had to start paying money. And uh, again, these are ways to, to mediate this problem of high value teams, but people did not like, like there were, there were competing concepts for how to deal with the problem and this was just thought about for years people were, were upset <laughs> yeah about i this. can imagine <laughs> um in 2007 we wouldn't get a new version of the lrb we'd get sort of a modified version the bbrc would add chaos pack underworld and slan which we if you play Blood Bowl 2, you might alternatively know uh, know as Kislev Circus. They are just a reskinned slam. They would officially be added as teams to the LRB, but they'd have no official GW support for lack of miniatures. Yay, Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2009, so that's three years after the LRB 5, we would get the LRB 6. Now, this was renamed to the CRP or the Co Competition Rules Pack, you will often hear me just refer to it as the LRB6. Uh, that's just... It's a much better name know. than crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or carp, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, this... Uh, it didn't change mechanics. It, it did a little bit, but it, really this was just a major rebalancing of the game. Um and it was to be the final version of the rules. This was to be it for Blood Bowl. So in 2009, we got the LRB6, or the CRP, and the Blood Bowl's rule committee disbanded. So this was it for Blood Bowl, as far as we knew. 2009, that was Blood Bowl. <laughs> um, and this is what uh, Blood Bowl 1 and 2 are based off of, correct? Correct. Right. Blood Bowl 1 and 2 from Cyanide Studios, the, the video games. Um 
they are based on the LRB6 or the, or the CRP. Uh, and that was the rule set that was used for a very long time. Now, we are talking about the tabletop games, um, but I think at this point it uh, behooves us to talk about uh, something that came out in 2003, uh, a video game version of Blood Bowl, an unofficial video game version of Blood Bowl known as Fumble. Uh, this was developed by uh, guy, some guys known as Krister and Mr. Clip, um, and it was inspired by a client called Java Beeble, which uh, I couldn't find a whole lot of information on. But uh, apparently, I registered for Fumble in 2014. But if I played, <laughs> I don't remember uh, because I you and I played a match in, this week. Yeah, I registered in 2017. Looks like, <laughs> and so I've I mainly had just watched other people play, and yeah, it was really fun playing you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, Fumble, it's spelled F U M B B L. It still exists today. They tout themselves as the largest Blood Bowl league in the world, and uh, I'm inclined to believe them. Um, again, it launched in 2003. This is a Java version of Blood Bowl. Um, it is. Let's talk about this a little bit since we played it. <laughs> it is so it's. The graphics and the sound are very rudimentary. Um, and it is, it's a Java app. It's, it's, uh, it's delivered by uh, Java Web Start, which doesn't really exist anymore. Um, so you'll, you'll download this JNLP file uh, and uh, you'll need to find a way to open it. In my case, I, I discovered that uh, there's an open source replacement for Java Web Start that you can use. Um, but once you get it going, it's it's fine. The website, very anachronistic. I mean, it, it and I mean no disrespect by this at all. They put a, a lot of work into this. A lot of people play it, uh, it but it, it does really look does. like a website from the nineties. It feels like a GeoCities site. <laughs> it it was really difficult for me to find my way around uh, yeah. the website, but it um, works. It does work, and. Uh, Honestly, I don't think there's a better way to play Blood Bowl for free than Fumble. Like, if you want to play a game of Blood Bowl and you don't want to shell out a single penny, you can play Fumble and you can find opponents. <laughs> uh, and it's up to date with the current rule set. Um, and we had, we had fun when we played it. It works. It works oh, yeah. well. Um, we had no problems whatsoever. Uh, the sound effects but, are terrible. <laughs> the sound effects are awful. It can be difficult. Uh, I, I suspect part of this is just me not being familiar with the, with the, um, I don't even want to call them sprites, but the, uh, the graphics for the players. Uh, but it can be difficult to figure out what those are. They don't use the official block dice uh, iconography either. So I, I had a little difficulty understanding what the dice rolls meant. Um, yeah, I kept getting the... Uh... Defender stumbles mixed up with the both down. Both down, yeah, me too. Um, it it's also so if you imagine it, it's basically you have the pitch and you have these little paper cutouts of the players. So imagine the standees from first edition and you just tip them down on the board. That's what you're playing with. Um, so it's hard to tell when a player is down or not. They they put a slash on him when he's down. I think an X was stunned and stuff. There's there's iconography to learn when you play. But when you learn it, it works well. It, it works very well. Um, but I have to say, 
uh, and this is no disrespect to the fumble team. Uh, it's probably my least <laughs> least favorite way to play Blood Bowl. Um, uh, I, it's it's grating. I I like like it. those the, those sound effects, man, just really get on my nerves. And if you turn They're them like, off. Windows 3.0 sound effects. Yeah. It's just constant. Like, it's like, ding, bah. There was, uh, I think you had a player with foul appearance and the, and the, uh, oh, <laughs> the sound yeah. effect was like, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you could, if you turn them off, you're just playing in a silent void. Um, but uh, it does play fast, right? There's not a lot of animations you have to watch or, or uh, anything. Um, but not my favorite way to play, <laughs> but it is very respectable. It's they, for what it is, they've done a fantastic job, I think. Um, and it's been around forever. I mean, started in 2023. It's been around for 20 years. That That is an eternity when it comes to software. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I liked it enough that I think I want to like start up a, a mammal ladder for fumble. So <laughs> I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Well, in 2011, we'd get a new Blood Bowl game, but it wouldn't be regular Blood Bowl. It would be developed by Fantasy Flight Games, and it's called Blood Bowl Team Manager. Have you played this game? I haven't. I saw it in a used game store, and I really wanted to pick it up, and then someone else uh, snagged it right from under my nose. Oh, that's unfortunate. Blood Bowl Team Manager is fantastic. It's not Blood Bowl, but it's a card game, uh, but super, super fun. It came out during the heyday of FFG. Um, basically, you have a deck of cards. It's deck builder-ish. Like, you are drawing cards into your deck, but it's kind of random. You're not deliberately drawing certain certain cards. And you're fighting over these three cards in the middle, and these are random as well, and they're highlights and tournaments in there they look like uh they look like newspapers uh similar to the mammal homepage uh or their tournament results uh well i guess similar to the mammal homepage i, I got the idea from somewhere <laughs> um and, and you're fighting over these with your players and your players have certain skills and, and you you're trying to get the highest strength to control the ball that's how you score the points on these things and your players can be knocked down and you roll dice to attack or to to tackle and stuff it's really really fun it plays not super quickly it probably plays about 30 minutes per player uh, and you can play more than two players and it works well we played last time we played we played with four players and it worked wonderfully it was such a fun game um if you can find a copy i implore you to check it out there are two expansions one's called sudden death one's called foul play foul play came out right around the time where ffg lost its games workshop license and so now goes for literally something like four or five hundred dollars on eBay. Ooh, uh, yikes. I, I don't know if foul play is worth that money. <laughs> <laughs> but team manager in its own right, uh, definitely worth a pickup and uh, is a really fun Blood Bowl themed card game that, while not Blood Bowl, captures a lot of the sort of the essence, the feel of Blood Bowl very well. Uh, you do feel like a Blood Bowl team manager. You're playing your players. Uh, you're holding on to certain players for certain tournaments or, or certain highlights. Really cool game, I think. Um, 
I think there's a special mention of a couple of uh, tabletop versions of Blood Bowl that we should talk about. First is uh, Blood Bowl 7s. So, Blood Bowl 7, have you played 7s? Uh, yes, I have now. And it was a Great. whole lot of fun. Yeah, so 7s, uh, I would say, uh, is a smaller scope version of Blood Bowl, right? So, teams, instead of being from 11 to 16 players, they're from 7 to 11 players. Uh, inducements and skills are greatly restricted in 7s. Uh, re-rolls are increased to double their cost. All right, so you can kind of see what they're going for here. They're going for, like, the pure essence of Blood Bowl. They're like, forget all your combos, forget all your inducements, forget your re-rolls, play Blood Bowl. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's a great way to get a game in quickly. Yeah, it, that's right. Uh, they play uh, halves or 12 turns instead of 16. The pitch is smaller as well. It's uh, 20 by 11. Um uh, sevens has the two lines of scrimmage, right? Like that we saw in earlier versions of Blood Bowl. Um, and, uh, three, three of the kickoff events have been changed as well to support the smaller version of the game. So, uh, perfect defense became defensive shift. So that's where, uh, instead of resetting your defense, uh, all the defensive players get to move one, one square. Um, High kick was replaced with offensive motion. So this was like, uh, it's like perfect offense, I guess, right? The offensive team gets to reset up. Uh, and then blitz was changed to charge. So you don't get a free turn with blitz anymore. The kicking team instead chooses between zero and three spaces and all of their players move ahead that many spaces. So these changes are just to facilitate the smaller version of the game. Um, What's your opinion of Sevens? So you said you, you liked it a lot, yeah? I, I really like it. I like the uh, the separated line of scrimmage because it makes it feel a little more fair for uh, more agility-based teams. And since you only have uh, seven players on the pitch, it might be really easy to remove them all <laughs> quickly sure. if they were smushed together sure. right at the beginning. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought it was a great, great change. Yeah, I I like how it historically kind of goes back to old Blood Bowl um, with that separated line of scrimmage. Um, but uh, as for Sevens, I think Sevens is just fine. Uh, I like it. Uh, I, pref- I I kind of view it as Blood Bowl light. I kind of prefer full Blood Bowl because I like, I like the things that Sevens endeavors to remove. Uh, those are things I like about Blood Bowl. <laughs> uh, but sevens on its own, like if you are looking for quick, uh, distilled blood bowl, I don't think there's a better way to do it than with sevens. So yeah, I, I think it I, succeeds I, in doing what it sets out to do. Yeah, I wish there was a way to play it online because I feel like it would be perfect for like just a quick multiplayer game. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I'd love to see sevens added to uh, blood bowl three, but I don't. Sevens isn't official so i don't i don't know if there's a thing there uh, with the it is the workshop is it yeah they released a pitch for it and everything oh that's and great yeah it's in the uh death zone uh rule book oh lovely all right well then there should be no reason we can't have sevens in blood bowl three <laughs> well let them let them finish what they need to do with Blood Bowl 3. Then we can talk yeah. about the 7s in Blood Bowl 3. 
Uh, another, so I knew, I knew sevens as a variant. I, I didn't realize it was official now. That's great. Well, another variant that may be official for all I know is, uh, is Death Bowl. Have you heard of Death Bowl? Have you played Death Bowl? I haven't played it, but I believe it is also newly, uh, official in the, I think one of the later almanacs. Oh, perfect. So I, I have, I have both almanacs. Uh, I have Death Zone. Uh, I, I haven't read, I haven't read them. Shh. Maybe it's in Death Zone. Um, but yeah, so blood, so Death Zone is very intriguing. So if if Sevens is smaller Blood Bowl, Death Zone is bigger Blood Bowl. Death Zone <laughs> is uh, what makes Blood Bowl better? More Blood Bowl, right? So, <laughs> so this is this was created by a fellow named J Rock Fifty Six. Uh, this is a Blood Bowl variant with two balls instead of one, four teams instead of two, and a cross-shaped pitch with four end zones. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the but, uh, Chinese checkers of uh, Blood Bowl. Yes, and everyone's playing for themselves. And uh, it's just, it sounds like pure mayhem. And I guess kind of it is, but there's surprisingly a, a, a decent amount of tactical decision-making here. Uh, because you just need to get to an end zone to score. Uh, the ball starts at mid pitch. Uh, there's it starts in one of four squares at mid pitch, and drives don't end after a touchdown either. So after someone scores, the ball that ball re-enters play at mid pitch. So now you have to like be ready for the ball to be recovered. Uh, you've got to protect your own end zone while still going after someone else's. You got to find the holes in this weird cross shaped pitch. Um, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, drives only end after each half. It's, it's genuinely just more blood bowl and, uh, it's super cool. <laughs> it's super yeah, cool. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, again, just like with sevens, I don't think I prefer it to normal blood bowl, but as a, as a variant, I think it's really clever. Uh, and I think it's it's worthy of anyone's time who likes Blood Bowl to, to give Death Bowl a shot. Um, all right. So in 2009, right, that was the last version of the rules we had for Blood Bowl. And that was the end of Blood Bowl as we knew it. But then seven years later, we would get Blood Bowl 2016, a brand new version of Blood Bowl. The rules haven't changed so much. And I have a theory as to why this game was exist that we will talk about later when we talk about Blood Bowl adjacent games. But um, this is basically the same game as the CRP uh, or the LRB6. Um, but now it's back in print. So I was super stoked about this. Blood Bowl back in print. <laughs> I, let's go. I This is it, where I got my start on tabletop. Oh, cool. Although yeah. Th I, I wasn't able to ever find anyone to play it with me until the 2020 version came out. <laughs> mm. I uh I love I, I don't think I really played too much 2016 either, truth be told. Um I did buy into it because I'm a big Blood Bowl fan. Um and it had support from GW. They were releasing teams. Uh, it should be noted, as with all GW releases now, um you know, you didn't have the pewter figures anymore, you have the plastic figures, which I think is for the best. I, I much prefer the plastic figures. Totally um, agree. Yeah. Uh and something I thought was really interesting about this too, like GW really went in strong to support Blood Bowl here. They started printing Spike Magazine 
And through Spike Magazine, they continued to evolve the game, uh, which I thought was really clever and really cool. Yeah, um, and oh man, I love the presentation in the Spike Magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love Spike Magazine. I think that was such a great move on their part. Um, and, and this got this sort of kickstarted Blood Bowl, right? Now Blood Bowl is back in the I'm going to say the public conscious. I don't know if the public at large knows Blood Bowl, but you know, <laughs> the 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 hobbyist gamer uh, mind it brought Blood Bowl back. Um, and then two years later, we would get a variant called Blitz Bowl. So we talked about sevens. This is basically faster sevens, super sevens. Um, it's six v six. Have you played Blitz Bowl at all? I haven't. I've been looking into it lately and just haven't gotten around to getting a copy yet. It's really cool. Uh, I like it because it's so different. So it's 6v6. You only get three actions on your turn. So you can only action three players. It's an enclosed arena similar to Dungeon Bowl. It's faster paced. It's smaller. It's simpler. Um, But they've added these... They, they call them challenge cards. So there are three challenge cards in play and they might say something like move three players, three spaces or something. Um, and whoever is the first to complete a challenge card scores points based on the challenge cards. Then they take the challenge card, they flip it over and they get some sort of unique skill that's on the back of the card and a new challenge card comes out. Now you can score touchdowns like normal, but you also score points from these challenge cards. So now you're not only thinking about how to stop your opponent from getting to the end zone, but how do you stop them from scoring these challenge cards? And it really changes up the, the dynamic of the game. And I think it's really, really cool. Um, it's a high scoring game because of those challenge cards. Uh, the game ends if someone is ahead by 10, which in Blood Bowl terms sounds insane, but <laughs> that's how Blitzball works. Or when that challenge card deck runs out. Um, I really like Blitzball. Uh, it's it's so different. It's it's so different from regular Blood Bowl that I, I treat it almost like it's it's its own game. And I, mm-hmm. I really like getting to the table. In fact, I might recommend us uh, I might recommend playing it to my game group at some point soon. I, I really like uh, I really like Blitzball. There yeah, were two updates to this one's only available in Barnes and Noble as far as I know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Barnes and Noble around here doesn't exist anymore. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, but that was part of the reason why I haven't ever picked it up is because uh, <laughs> it's oh, cause it was a not B&A where I think about going for board games. Yeah. Barnes and Noble were desperately trying to think. I remember they had a number of X-Wing exclusives for a while. That was weird. Well, maybe not exclusives, but they had like early releases or something. It was very strange to me. People were like, oh yeah, I got the new Tantive at Barnes & Noble. I was like, the, the bookstore? Yeah, they sell <laughs> games. Oh, okay. Um, there were two updates to Blitzball. One in 2020 that they called Season 2. And the current version that they released in 2022 is called uh, Ultimate Edition. Um, but yeah, if you have an opportunity to check out Blitzball, check that out. Yeah. One thing I thought was kind of interesting is they based the teams around one sprue of the uh, <laughs> the regular Blood Bowl teams. So Yeah, I think of, in Ultimate Edition you get humans and Skaven, right? I think that's what comes in the box. Um, yeah, so uh, in 2020 we get a new version of Blood Bowl. And this is the big one. This... 
this is the version of Blood Bowl that uh, probably the biggest overhaul since third edition. And uh, this was Blood Bowl's second season, or you'll hear people refer to this as Blood Bowl 2020. Uh, major overhaul of the rules, including the use of multiple team rerolls per turn. So in the previous version of the rules, you could only use one team reroll per turn. Now you can use multiples per turn. You can only reroll a, a single die pool once with a team reroll, but you can use multiple team rerolls in a turn to make huge plays. Um, they added jumping over prone opponents. They re-added the passing stat that I thought was a brand new stat, but apparently not. <laughs> um, and it was a major rebalancing uh, from the LRB6. Um, lots of balance changes that were necessary, you know, uh, nerfing things like AG4 by adding the passing stat, nerfing things like Claw piling on and Muddy Blow. Um, I, I think, by and large, the Blood Bowl community agrees that this is the best Blood Bowl has ever been, right? I would agree with that. And yeah. I, I do still think that they need to uh, nerf a couple of star players, but... Uh, <laughs> sure, there's always... All there's all, always like yeah yeah it's, it's always it's wonderful. work to be done yeah they've done a really good job with the rules uh it's a very exciting edition of the game it's still in print it's still going strong um blood bowl 3 which we'll talk about uh, in uh, a few minutes uses this version of the rules uh as does fumble as we've already talked about uh, a really really good version of the game yeah. uh, there'd be one more release after BB 2020 came out after Blood Bowl second season. And that is a, a refresh of Dungeon Bowl. So in 2021, we'd get a refresh of Dungeon Bowl. I have this as well. I don't actually think I've opened this. No, I must have opened it because I know I have the rule book on my shelf. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is such a good box too. Like you get so good much in the for your money. Content, yeah. Um, they did make some, some changes in this game, one of which I think is a big cool change well two of which i guess um it's basically the same as the third edition dungeon bowl um they've made some mild changes like uh now when you push players into walls so in normal blood bowl you can surf players off the pitch now uh, well in dungeon bowl you don't have that you have walls and pits and stuff so you could push players into walls uh they added a die roll associated to a knockdown when you push them into the walls uh, unless you get a pal if you get a pal it automatically knocks them down um you can throw players, throw players with the right stuff into walls. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> um, these special rooms, this is a big, cool part, I think, of uh, this version of Dungeon Ball. All these special rooms have special rules. It makes Dungeon Ball even more wacky and fun. For example, uh, if you're knocked down in the armory, thematically the idea is that there's like swords and axes and stuff lying around on the ground. So AV rolls against you are plus one because your opponent's picking up a sword and stabbing you in the face with it. <laughs> it's really fun and really unique. Um, and they also added college unique wizards so, or team unique wizards. We saw that a little bit in BB 2020. Um, now all the colleges have uh, unique wizards that they can bring into play, which is really cool too. Um, and that's the history of the tabletop version. I think, uh, you'll have to give me your opinion, Artificial Bunny, but for me, I think Blood Bowl is in a great place right now. It, it's never been better. Oh um, yeah. It's, it continues to improve like every year. Mm -hmm. Spike magazine's still going. They're still releasing 
new box sets for BB2020. Uh, as you mentioned, the Almanacs are coming out uh, annually. Uh, the release of Dungeon Bowls, really cool. I'd love to see uh, refreshes of some of the the older things. Like a, a new Crunch would be really neat, I think. Yeah. A uh, really neat way to get people in the Blood Bowl. One thing I also really like about the latest team releases is that they've been including all the special rules for that team in the box with the team. And they've been doing a really good job of... Uh, giving you a complete team with the newer boxes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That used to be a problem. Like, <laughs> like oh, I remember in the 2016 in 20... version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yep. you'd need two or more boxes for a lot of the teams. And now you pretty much don't. Yeah. That was really annoying. Like you couldn't feel the proper team with one box. Um, it's good to hear that they've changed that. That's, uh, that makes me very hopeful. So G- games workshop, as much as I love their games, I adore their games. Their, their business model, not my favorite. <laughs> um, so it's really nice to hear when they're doing things like that. Um, tangentially, I think they've been doing something similar with uh, Warhammer with 10th edition with the new, uh, the new car, the indexes you can get. And um, uh, I, I think they're really trying to just increase their audience by, by making it more accessible. And, and one of the ways to do that is to just give the players the tools they need when they buy a thing. Uh, so that's really great to hear. Um, Blood Bowl doesn't stop there, though. There have been video game versions of Blood Bowl. Our very league is founded on one of those video games. And uh, what do you say we talk about these video games, eh? I love that idea. All right. Uh the first version of Blood Bowl would come out in 1995. I remember this game. It came out in MS-DOS. It was developed by Strategic Simulations Incorporated, uh, SSI. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were one of my favorite companies back in the day. Um, this game, not one of my favorite games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. I was looking up some uh, video of it yesterday, and it's it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a polite way to put it (laughs) so i do remember uh it had a super cool like 90s style dos like intro so like if you've ever played the 90s XCOM, it had that like those like those full screen colorful graphics animated that's one of the best intros of all time (laughs) yeah or like x-wing or something like that um it has a very cool intro like that and it's really really awesome you should check it out if you've ever seen it um, but the game itself, eh, eh. I, I thought the interface looked interesting. It kind of reminded me of XCOM. In a way. Yeah, it, it, it's the of its day. You've, whatnot. Yeah, you've got like little iconographic buttons for things. My big issue with this game was the, the view of the pitch. So you have this overview of the pitch. Uh, you can't see the whole pitch at once. Um, and it's a top-down view. It's a literal top-down view. So you see the tops of your players' heads. And it <laughs> yeah, is impossible to tell who anyone is without clicking on them and looking at their stat box. <laughs> kind of like uh, Bill Lambier's combat basketball. Yes! Uh, yes! Yes! <laughs> it is so obnoxious. Um, I did not like that game 
at all. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be, but it's it's not good. <laughs> it's it not it good. looked pretty rough. <laughs> um, but almost ten years later, nine years later, in two thousand four, we'd get this game called Chaos League. This is not a an official Blood Bowl game, and this is made by a studio you may have heard of. This is made by a French studio named Cyanide Studios. I feel and, like I've heard about them somewhere. Yeah, where? I can't pinpoint <laughs> it. Um, Chaos League was basically real-time Blood Bowl. Uh, I played Chaos League. I don't like it, but uh, it's... I've I think never it was, actually heard of this. Yeah, it was. I think it was 6v6, and it's basically a MOBA, but Blood Bowl as a MOBA. So it's, it's an RTS-style type game. You have uh, your... your activating your players in real time you're drawing a line to where they're going if they get into close contact with uh, another player they'll fight automatically uh you've got uh you've got skills with cooldown timers and stuff um an ambitious title not my cup of tea i generally don't like rts's in general is it kind of like the real-time version in blood bowl one Oh, it is near exa- near identical to that, sir. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I um, could not get into that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was blitz mode. Yeah, don't like it. Um, but uh, Games Workshop sued Cyanide Studios over this game. They said, hey, you're making Blood Bowl. You can't do that. Uh, and they came to a settlement. A settlement was reached where Games Workshop gained the Chaos League property and promptly buried it (laughs) and cyanide studios gained a license to produce blood bowl actual blood bowl video games um i remember one thing i liked about chaos league uh was uh one of the skills was smoke bombs so you could deploy smoke bombs and it acted like a fog (laughs) of war so you couldn't see where opposing players were oh that's Um, kind of interesting yeah i don't really like the game It, it was kind of slow and stuff um, but after this settlement, five years later, we would get an official version of Blood Bowl in video game form from Cyanide. And this was released on a number of platforms, Windows, PlayStation Portable, the Xbox 360, Android and iOS. Um, this is where you mentioned getting your start here, right? Yeah. This is on uh, this version I, of the game. I originally traded on 360, uh, kind of bounced off of it, and then started to learn how to play once I picked up the PSP version. Hmm. I've never played the PSP version. How how is it compared to the Xbox 360 version? It's almost identical, but the loading times are kind of terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this version of the rules would be based on the CRP, or the LRB6. Um, And the Windows version, as you alluded to, uh, had a real-time mode called Blitz Mode. This was basically Chaos League, but official. uh, Official Blood Bowl. Uh, I... I've played it maybe five times. I played Blitz Mode maybe five times. Uh, I don't yeah, like it. I've, I've played it like twice and went, wait, this is yeah. not as good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's just not for me. Uh, I don't like that style of game. And uh, I'm just such a big Blood Bowl fan that I just want to play Blood Bowl. Um, what I thought was cool about Blood Bowl is they uh, created a standalone expansion called Dungeon Bowl. It was called Dungeon Bowl Knockout Edition. Uh, and I thought it was really good. I still have it. I played it in prepar- I played it again in preparation of this for of this episode. 
unfortunately it's been delisted so if you don't own it you oh. can't <laughs> yeah i was about to say oh man that sounds wonderful it, I didn't know it about is that. really good it's it's based on it's basically dungeon bowl based on the third edition rules and i had a ton of fun playing it man it was super fun i'm, <laughs> I'm sad that it's been uh, delisted um but in 2010, a year later, they would release uh, Blood Bowl Legendary Edition that would uh, add 11 new teams to the game. Amazons, Elves, Halflings, High Elves, Kemri, Necro, Norse, Nurgle, Ogre, Undead, and Vamps. And then in 2012, two years after that, they would release Chaos Edition. This would be the final edition of Blood Bowl, uh, where they added Chaos Dwarves, Underworlds, and a cyanide-exclusive game, that they, uh, cyanide-exclusive team that they made themselves, the Demons of Corn. I love this team, man. I actually have not played that team. So I played them again in preparation for the episode, and I forgot how much I love the Demons of Corn. So the Demons of Corn, uh, do you like Frenzy? Well, then boy, <laughs> do we have a team for you. I do everybody like Frenzy. On, <laughs> everybody on the roster has Frenzy. So they are... <laughs> They are Bash City, right? You are rolling more block dice than any other team's rolling. The problem is your positioning is based on your blocks. So And also you're rolling a lot of dice. <laughs> you're rolling a lot of dice, that's very true. Um it's a very tactically interesting team to me. I really, really enjoy playing it. Um I don't think they're the best team, uh, but I think they're a ton of fun. Uh and I this was the first and last time we would get corn, and uh, I forgot just how much I missed them. <laughs> They're really well, fun. We might get it again in Blood Bowl 3, because the corn team is official and has a tabletop release. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I hope we do, man, because... It's a uh, really nice box. <laughs> it's... Man, look, man. If you want to roll block dice, this is this is your team, baby. There <laughs> <Where> you go. <laughs> and the minis, at least at least from uh, this version of the game, like the big guy was like this. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a big gargoyle looking dude. And uh, bloodthirster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I just I I, I got to check out the minis for that. And uh, oh, I'm just oh, what a great team this was. Corn uh, cyanide really did a well a really good job here with the. Uh, with corn, uh, and if it's official now in BB three, I think that's that's evidence enough of how, just how good of a job they did. Um, there was another version of Blood Bowl one, sort of, uh, in two thousand nine. That was for the Nintendo DS. I had no idea this existed. <laughs> you mentioned this to me. Yeah, I and I think it might have only been released in PAL territories because the uh, the copy I have came from Germany. And yeah, it's, I it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, after you told me about it, I played it by totally legitimate means. And, uh, Arr. I, <laughs> Arr, matey. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's not great, <laughs> but for what it is, I mean, you have to remember it's on a Nintendo DS. I think it's quite charming. Uh, so they went, they went with an isometric view. So on the bottom screen, you get the an isometric view of the pitch. And on the top screen, you get a view of the player that you've selected. Um, it's, 
it's sort of intuitive. So you can click on a player and then you get your you get icons for the actions you can take. Um, the the once per turn actions are not in that list. It took me a while. I actually had to ask you. I was like, how do I blitz? There are actually these little triangles in the corner of the screen. So there's a blitz symbol, a lightning bolt in the upper left corner of the screen. That's how you blitz. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, movement is very slow. I don't like how the players are rendered. It looks like it looks like they are severely scaled down. Oh, did you zoom in at all? Uh, no. Oh yeah, you can zoom in and like the the sprites are really really well done. I think for a oh. Nintendo DS game. I just yeah, played like whatever the normal zoom was. Zoom. Yeah, there's a zoomed out version where everything looks really rough but you can actually see the pitch and then there's a zoomed in version where everything looks better but uh you can't really see enough <laughs> uh, I, i'll have to check that out then yeah so i played in the, the normal zoom level and um the problem i had with it is it, it looked like a, a a scaled down version of like pre-rendered 3d graphics so it looked like donkey kong country but scaled down to like, to like 50 by 12. Like it was awful. It was so hard. So I played, I played wood elves in the game I played and it was so hard to figure out who my war dancers were. But if you can zoom in, ah, that still seems a little unruly. It's, like having to zoom in and zoom it's out. It's still pretty rough, but yeah. like uh, some of the sprites are really cool. Like the rat ogre sprite is mm. very cool. I, I, it was hard for me to, I mean, I don't want to say the treemen looked like the wood elves, but because they were so, all the all the sprites were so lanky and small. Occasionally, I was like, "Wait, where's my where's my treemen? I don't know where my treemen." <laughs> um, but the game played fine. Like it played like Blood Bowl. Uh, I had fun with it. It's charming in its own right. Uh, I liked when uh, players got removed or called off. They would like waltz off the pitch. They would do that in the in Blood Bowl on Windows as well. Uh, I liked as you got close to scoring, the crowd would cheer for you. That was really cool. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think if this was my only way to play Blood Bowl, like if it was 2009 and this is how I got Blood Bowl on the go, I probably wouldn't mind. I think it would be yeah. fine. It's it's not terrible, but yeah, yeah. it's not terrible. It's, <laughs> it's not great. It's an interesting, <laughs> uh, it's an interesting kind of side path. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. In uh, uh, six years later, we get a sequel to Blood Bowl called, uh, oddly enough, Blood Bowl 2. What? <laughs> this would, Never heard yeah, of Yeah, what a weird name. <laughs> uh, this would be based on the CRP as well. And uh, this is the version that we play in the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League currently. Um, Blood Bowl 2 would introduce uh, a number of things to the game. They would introduce a campaign mode for the first time. It would introduce a money sink in the in the form of stadium purchases. I thought this was a great addition to the game. It's a neat way to get rid of money, get rid of TV without just throwing it away. You put it into a stadium upgrade, which is cool. Um, and it introduced the player marketplace, which we in the league haven't used, but uh, I thought this was interesting as well. You can put players on the open market to, to trade, uh, which is a, a neat mechanic as well. Uh, the Do you game think we'll launched with you'll ever uh, introduce that to Mammal or I don't think so. So the problem with it is you got to have enough, 
you gotta have enough teams where you've got enough players of a certain race to trade players with. Um, uh, fair enough. But uh, we're probably gonna move to Blood Bowl three before that happens. So <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but I do think it's a neat mechanic. Um, the game would be launched with eight teams. You'd get humans and orcs naturally. You'd also get dwarfs, skaven, high elves, dark elves, Brett and chaos to start with. They would introduce eight DLC teams along the way, two of which were pre-order teams that were later opened up for DLC. Uh, those would be Chaos Dwarfs, Camry, Lizardmen, Necro, Norse, Nurgle, Undead, and Wood Elves. I believe Wood Elves and Lizards were the were the pre-order bonuses. Um, and then they would add, uh, they would release a legendary edition uh, later that would add seven more teams: uh, Amazons, Elven Union, Goblins, Halflings, Ogres, Underworld, Vampires, and the Slan in the form of Kislev Circus, which I thought was a great addition. Uh, uh, they were yeah. able to get Slan in there. Uh, with oh, a, man. a when, skin that makes when sense. That DLC came out. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a cool introduction. Uh, a cool way to get Slan in there. And again, uh, another example I think of Cyanide uh, being uh, clever and creative. Um, they did add a standalone expansion to this called Death Zone, uh, and this reintroduced that real time mode. It's <sighs> terrible. <laughs> it's i it's so i played so this again and i don't like it it's three, it's either three or three on three or four on four but again it's still this legacy of chaos league where it's a it's a moba uh without lanes basically um, <laughs> i don't yeah, i thought it was so bad i tried it like just a couple times and went nope <laughs> yeah I, I again i see what they were going for i just i don't I don't like it. It's I don't like those types of games to begin with. And being Blood Bowl doesn't really help because I think to myself, why don't I just play Blood Bowl? Um, oh, but then... Uh, before we get to the next thing, uh, uh-huh. in 2015, they did release Crunch for uh, iOS and Android, but it's since been delisted. So I don't oh, believe cool. you can play do you it know, anymore. Do you know what how it played by at all i don't (laughs) i'd have to look up uh it looks like kind of a five by five kind of uh like a five by five grid for the pitch kind of thing but yeah it it looks like a weird uh almost like mini game kind of thing huh I'll have to check that out. I wonder if I can find the APK, totally legitimately, find the APK for it for Android. Arrgh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Thanks for looking that up. Crunch, a mobile version of Blood Bowl. Huh? Hmm. I, I I hope they didn't, like, mobilize it where it's just like, hey, do you want an ogre? Well, you can either grind for 14 hours or pay us three ninety nine. <laughs> So Blood Bowl 2 would be sort of the de facto standard for online play for uh, what would turn out to be eight years. Because in this year, in February, we got Blood Bowl 3. This was released (laughs) for everything under the sun. This was released for Windows, for uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, uh, and the Switch. This uses the new BB2020 rules. um, And... uh, I don't think it's an understatement to say that this game has had a rough start. 
did the Switch version actually come out yet? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I saw the list okay. on it. It said for Switch. <laughs> I was like, cool. As, <laughs> as far as I know, it hasn't been released on Switch yet, but I could be wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, maybe that's all for the best because, uh, boy, <laughs> this game was in a bad, <laughs> bad spot when it released. Yeah. Uh, things just didn't work. It was hard to finish games. Lots of features were missing. Uh, really, really rough start. At this point, we had an episode on it. You can check that out. Um, but uh, it's a lot better than it was at launch. It's still not all the way there yet, but at least it's stable. Uh, it works. And uh, that's that's a far cry from where it was on release date. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to belabor that point too much. Lots of lines. We've, we've all talked to death about the state of Blood Bowl 3 when it released. Um, some of the cool things that they added to Blood Bowl 3, again, showing their creativity, is uh, the reserve clock, which I think is such a brilliant addition to the game. So you get a 7-minute, 30-second reserve clock. So if you go over your time limit for a turn, you can dip into your reserve clock. And uh, you get those 7 minutes and 30 seconds for the, the remainder of the game. I think that's great because that allows you to take your time on very crucial plays. Sure, it can increase the length of the game, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, they did make this highly customizable. There's a little bit of customization in Blood Bowl 2. Um, in Blood Bowl 3, they really tried to introduce the hobby aspect back to the game. Now, yes, they are through microtransactions, Um uh, why do we even call them? They're not even microtransactions anymore. We should just call them transactions. But yes, you do have to pay for them um, through they, a currency. Through. Ching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you pay them, pay for them through a currency called uh, Warpstone. Uh, the business model aside, I do like how they're adding the hobby aspect back um, into this game. That you can custom, you can kit bash your models. You can paint them up as you want. Um, I would love to see various basing options for the models. That would be cool. Um, I'd love to see various heads for some of the models. Fair enough. Uh, to be honest, I probably won't buy into this too much. Aesthetics are just not a thing that I'm motivated by. So, um, But if other people are, more power to them. Um, there's still a lot of work to do on this version of the game, but I am hopeful that it will get there. Like They are putting in a lot of work and they're making good strides i think yeah it already they're they've made it way more playable than when it released yeah in in a previous episode the way you put it i think is spot on you said uh, blood bowl is where it should have been when it launched and i think that's correct um yeah so those are those are all the additions uh, the official editions of blood bowl um but i would like to talk about some Blood Bowl adjacent games uh, while we're at it. Um, okay. Some games that may or may not been have been um, inspired by Blood Bowl. Maybe maybe you call them combat sports. Yeah. And uh, there's one that's not on your list here that I would like to ask you about at some point. What's that? Oh, Guild a Ball. Blood Bowl light game? Yeah. What's it, what's it called? Guild Ball? Oh, I, Guild Ball. Sure, we can talk about Guild it, Ball. But yeah, 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 I was just curious... That, as to whether or not you knew anything about it. I did. I, I don't I don't Blood think it's still around, is it? Um, it was a miniature game. I can't remember who made it. Um, but yeah, it was Blood Bowl-like. Um, but you had to buy miniatures. And the movement was ruler-based. Um, so it was like, I'm going to call it Miniatures Blood Bowl. So Blood Bowl, of course, has miniatures. Um, but when I think of a miniatures game, 
mechanically, I'm thinking literal distance movement, um, literal line of sight type stuff. That was Guild Ball. Uh, I think it was three on three. Um, I remember it being, uh, not being big, but I remember it having uh, a decent amount of store of shelf space at my friendly local game store. Um, but I've never played it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And hearing that it's ruler based kind of makes me a little less uh, interested in it. Cause I think <laughs> one of the elegant things about blood bowl is just the way the movement is. Yeah. I like that blood bowl is a board game, like straight up. It's a board game. Um, uh, there is sort of physical distance in blood bowl in the, in the form of, passing uh, but that's literally the only thing um and i do i honestly do think that makes blood bowl a little less elegant um but it does make it tactically more interesting <laughs> so <laughs> um so the first game i wanted to talk about is this board game called monsters of the midway this was released in 1982 through tsr's dragon magazine tsr was the were the stewards of dungeons and dragons for a long time um, so this came out in 1982, so this is four years before Blood Bowl. Now, it is similar to Blood Bowl, and a lot of people argue that Blood Bowl, that Games Workshop, um, ripped off Monsters of the Midway. I don't think that's true. Um, eh, it is similar, it, but it's not quite the same. It's certainly a possibility, since they did start out as a D&D miniatures company. Sure. Um, but Monsters of the Midway has hex grids... Um, and it's much more football. Uh, Blood Bowl is, I would say, is more rugby, uh, where Monsters of the Midway has the concept of downs. You have four downs to try to advance down the field. Uh, you actually, uh, you choose from a playbook for your plays. Um, but the, the underlying mechanics are similar to Blood Bowl, uh, blocks are modified by comparing sizes instead of comparing strength. Uh, and certain <laughs> certain players have magic uh, assigned to them, um, but the concept is similar. Um, it's not great. <laughs> it's I mean it was a magazine <laughs> listing, right? So it's not the mm-hmm. best. Oh, but it's it's a neat it's a neat little little sort of proto blood bowl, I would say. Uh, I'd love to see some pictures of that. Uh, sure. You can actually look it up on BGG. Uh, they have yeah. uh, a listing for it. I had never heard of it before, so. Yeah. Um, if we jump ahead to 1990, there's an arcade game by Midway called Pigskin tw- uh, 621 AD. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was an action <laughs> I game. I think it's I've a heard six of this on... one. Have you? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a six well, on six. The six uh, on Genesis six... version is... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a six-on-six six action game. Uh, it had four buttons on the cab, but two of them were the same. I don't know if they were actually the same or if they did different things, but there was a there was a pass button, a punch button, and a play call button, and there were two pass buttons. So uh, I don't know if there were different types of passes or not, um, but it's basically an action football game where you're running across the pitch and there's... Uh, running across the field and there's there's obstacles on the field and you're punching your opponent and you're throwing the ball and stuff. Uh, I do remember that one quarter didn't get you a full game. <laughs> one quarter got you about <laughs> one half and you had to put in another quarter. Uh, you did score oh, points. The NBA GM model. I... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the same company, no less. Um, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you didn't, you not only scored points through touchdowns, but you scored points through possession. So this little meter would tick up while you were in possession of the ball. And once it completely filled up, you'd get an extra point, which was neat. Um, but what's interesting about this game is this was, this got a console release on the Genesis, as you mentioned. And it was, re- it was renamed, not only renamed, but they got a sponsorship for this game. This is a medieval Blood Bowl type game. <laughs> and on the Genesis, it was called Jerry Glansville's Pigskin Foot Brawl. <laughs> and what I found out, I had no idea who Jerry Glansville is. I looked him up. He's a, he was an NFL coach. And he, as it turns out, he is now the coach of a team called the Alabama Airborne, who are a part of the major football league that will debut in the fall of this year. <laughs> Wait, is there an actual football league called Major Football League? Yes, or? that is debuting this year. He oh. is the head coach of one of these teams. <laughs> I the man heard of that. The man's got his name on pigskin foot bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we so can only that hope that he fields orcs on, on the field. <laughs> <laughs> if they're the Alabama Airborne, I hope he fields halflings. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, another game I wanted to mention, um, this was a 90s game. It's called Speedball, specifically Speedball 2. Uh this was a very popular game by the Bitmet Brothers at the time. Uh, it was 9v9. Uh, it's basically Blood Bowl handball. Um, Speedball 1 was, I think, 5v5. Uh, but Speedball 2 is the one that, uh, even to this day, people play. Um, I think there's an HD version on Steam. Um, there are targets on the floor and the wall for bonus points. Uh, there are score multipliers on, on the, in the arena that you that could ingre- increase goals from being worth 10 points all the way up to 20 points. Uh, you had three reserve players in speedball. If, uh, if they're all used, in other words, if you had three removals and all three reserves came in and then another player got injured, then you'd have to bring one of your injured players back into the arena. Uh, but he played injured, which I thought was cool. Um, and as with Blood Bowl, you get points for injuring, baby. That's what you do. <laughs> um, speedball is a lot of fun. It's a classic, I think. It's one of the best... Uh, really, video games of all time, in my opinion, um, a classic oh. of computer computer gaming. I've never heard of that one either. So. Yeah, check that out. Um, in nineteen ninety three is a game that I think a lot a lot more people have heard of. This was on the Genesis. It was called Mutant League Football. You ever played this game? I did once, and I had no idea what I was doing. That that's uh, that makes sense because uh, Mut- <laughs> Mutant League Football was based on the Madden engine. It was effectively John Madden Football 93, but with murder and mutants. <laughs> like It had the same view, <laughs> played the same way. Um, they ended up with yeah, a, like a sequel theme. called Mutant League. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's Blood Bowl, but, but actual American football. Um, they did have a sequel called Mutant League Hockey. I didn't really play that too much. Um, and you could do all sorts of wacky Blood Bowl type stuff in this game. You can kill the refs. Uh, you can have players with jetpacks. The fields have various traps on them. Uh, a fairly popular game for its time, or at least for its genre at the time. Um, this would have a spiritual successor many years later that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but uh, 
in 2003, there was another board game by Milton Bradley called Battle Ball. Um, this game is absolutely terrible. I hate it. <laughs> this game <laughs> is atrocious. <laughs> oh, this is a game that in a lot of tabletop gamers collections, like especially the older ones, I'll often find a copy of it. I loathe this game. This game is terrible. This game is <laughs> Blood Bowl. So this is this game is what Blood Bowl what what new people to Blood Bowl think Blood Bowl is, right? So new people to Blood Bowl think, oh, this is just a game of chuck and dice, and I lost to the dice. And of course, having played Blood Bowl, uh, we know that's not true, right? It's a game of luck mitigation. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of tactics to Blood Bowl. Not Battle Ball, man. Battle Ball is just chuck and dice. It's roll and move, chuck your dice. Bigger guys have different dice and uh, they're like different, uh, like they might have a D8 versus a D4 versus a D6. Uh, I hate this game, <laughs> uh, but it has it has lovely miniatures, uh, pre-built, fully painted miniatures. So I kept the miniatures and I threw the box away. <laughs> Do not play Battle Ball. It is a terrible game. Um, but uh, if we mm, that sounds like a challenge. <laughs> uh, but if we contrast Battle Ball, if we skip ahead by 13 years in 2016, there is a game called Slaughterball, developed by Frog the What Games. I adore Slaughterball. So Slaughterball is basically Blood Bowl handball, kind of like Speedball. Um, you're in this... Uh, it depends on how many teams you have. You can have more than two teams. Um, I generally... Actually, I played it three players. And it wasn't too bad. Um, but I just sort of naturally think it's a two v uh, 1v1 game. But... Uh, you play in a hexagon or an octagon, depending on how many teams you have. Um, and it it is, I mean, it just is Blood Bowl as handball. Um, it's a high scoring game because there are multiple goals that you can uh, score and you can throw the ball into the goals to score. Um, but otherwise, you're, play, you're playing Blood Bowl, man. Um, <laughs> there was a Maverick. Yeah, pack. I haven't heard of this at all. It, it's really good. There was a Maverick pack release that had a number of like, uh, like famous board game YouTubers like Tom Vassell and Angry Joe in it. Um, I love this game so much. I own all of it. I have all of the teams, all of their unique pitches, all of their unique dice. I have a dry erase scoreboard. I have some coins. I don't even know what they do. I've got everything. Uh, <laughs> I love this game, but of note, Slaughterball was released in 2016. Oh. And yeah, in 2016, Games Workshop just so happened to re-release Blood Bowl with minimal changes. Now, if I put my tinfoil hat on, I think... <laughs> so at this point in time, the LRB6, that was it for Blood Bowl, right? Now comes along... Uh, Frog the What Games comes along and they say, you know what? We're going to create a spiritual successor to Blood Bowl. People like Blood Bowl. Let's make a new Blood Bowl. They make a new Blood Bowl. I would say Games Workshop said, nah, nope. We are going to release real Blood Bowl. And we're going to try to undercut you. Uh, undercut your, your uh, uh, not undercut you by price, literally. But we're going to try to overshadow you with a, a new Blood Bowl release. I suspect that's what happened here. And that's why we got BB 2016. I'll remove my tinfoil hat now. 
Uh, might not be wrong. <laughs> I mean, it is Blood Bowl. It, I mean, it is, and it's it because of that. It's good. I mean, there are changes, of course. Um, there's like a meat grinder in the center of the arena and stuff, and there's uh, you know different rules changes. But I mean, you've got different teams with different positionals with different skills and different stats and you've got league play that works exactly the same and you're murdering people and uh there is card play in this which is pretty neat um this is how you can like foul players and you can like play a card to like you know negate the foul and stuff it it, it is a little different but uh man it is so very obviously made by someone who loved blood bowl and wanted to resurrect blood bowl that Um, sounds worth checking out yeah, it's really good. Uh, the final game I wanted to talk about uh, came out in 2017, and this is a spiritual successor to Mutant League Football called Mutant Football League. <laughs> this came out for Windows, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Switch. Uh, now, I remember the Kickstarter for this, and it was billed as a spiritual successor to Mutant League Football, and uh, the Kickstarter failed. Um, I think ultimately the only... Uh, maybe they went to a GoFundMe or something, but they only raised, I think it was like under a hundred K. Like it wasn't a lot of money. Um, but for the budget, I think mutant league football is fantastic. Um, again, you do have to keep the budget in mind. Like it's not, it's not a super impressive game compared to all of gaming, but for the amount of money that they put into it, I think they did a really good job, and I think it's a worthy successor to Mutant League football. It's 7v7. They have fully voiced commentators. Um, it is a real-time game. It's just like Mutant League football in that regard. Um, you have the trappings of Blood Bowl. You've got dirty tricks like bribes. You could have a chainsaw. You know, that's a Blood Bowl thing, right? The loony. Uh, <laughs> you could tape a bomb to the ball. Uh, it, it's, it's really a lot of fun. I played this a ton on the Xbox, uh, and in preparation of this episode, I saw it was like under 20 bucks for everything on Steam. And so I bought it again and just started Ooh. playing it again. And I was having a blast. It, it's it's fun for, for what it is. And again, for, for the budget they had, I think they did a really good job with this. And I, I think it is a worthy successor to Mutant League Football. Um, but yeah, yeah, so... This list is giving me a whole lot of stuff I want to check out. Yeah, I, there's, you know, Blood Bowl, ha- you know... Blood Bowl has inspired a lot of people to, as, as we've talked about now, to make different variants. Uh, they've inspired different people to make different styles of games in the same vein. Uh, Blood Bowl has impacted a lot of people's lives. Um, it's a fantastic game. It's super fun. Um, I've always held strong to the belief that entertainment is one of the most important things in life um you know you know strong work ethic and whatever is of course important but we all you know we all make money we all keep up our health we all do these things so that we can live a good life and part of that is enjoying ourselves and so you know these folks that you know jervis johnson games workshop uh the folks who created Variants, uh, the folks who created Fumble, the folks who created all these different types of combat games that are clearly inspired by Blood Bowl. Um, they've, they've affected people. And um, it, it's, it's resulted in this, this enduring legacy where 
you know, folks can get together, play these games, have a ton of fun and have stories to tell people. Um, and I am very appreciative to all these folks and all these games. And I, I hope it never stops. <laughs> yeah. It goes on forever. And it's even gotten someone like me who has no interest in football itself to give it a chance and just absolutely love it. Yeah. It's, it's just such a fun time. And, uh, and, uh, I hope the hobby grows. I hope blood bowl itself grows. Uh, I hope we see more derivative games as well. Um, speaking of, I mean, there are a ton of these games. Um, there's a board game called grind. There are a couple of, uh, uh, not a couple, there's a ton of video games like rage ball and stuff. Uh, we obviously can't hit on all of those derivative games, but, uh, again, I hope we keep seeing them. And, uh, I, I look very much forward to the future of blood bowl. And, um, and I hope more and more people get into what is a absolutely fantastic game. It's not, it's not super difficult, but it's, uh, it's rich enough where you will see all the time. We see coaches do something unique or clever and that is super hype. <laughs> and I love to see it. That's one of my favorite aspects of gaming. Um, and I just hope, uh, I hope uh, more people uh, give it a go. Yeah. So thanks for joining me, Artificial Bunny, in this episode. This was a blast. I had a ton of fun, uh, not just talking about this stuff, but in the research, too. I mean, yeah. when I went into this episode, I was like, oh, no, I got to play a bunch, of, a bunch of Blood Bowl? Oh, God. Some of the obscure stuff that you found just sounds really interesting too yeah it's 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 got a really interesting history to it um and it was a lot of fun to research as well um but yeah uh we'll see you in the next episode i imagine yeah absolutely all right see you then all right thank you That'll do it for this episode. You can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash aviaunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number two. And watch archive games on YouTube at Blood Bowl Mammal. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.mammal.club. That's M-A-M-L dot C-L-U-B. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore Mammal mastodon at mammal at m-a-s dot t-o or on facebook at blood bowl mammal play blood bowl you can play blood bowl online via cyanide studios blood bowl 2 blood bowl 3 or in games workshops tabletop form at your friendly local game store be kind to each other forgive everyone praise nuffle and may he bless your dice <laughs>